All right. This is episode one uh, in of the the great Leadership Wiley podcast experiment. Uh, in uh, in today's episode, I talked to my fellow class 19 alumni and class 20 liaison, Wendy Fuller. Wendy is the current executive director of the Wiley ISD Foundation. Uh, welcome to the show. And thanks yeah, for being thank my guinea pig. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. So since this is Leadership Wiley podcast, um, let's let's start from the beginning. How long have you been in or around Wiley? Goodness. So uh, almost 20 years now, um, my family and I moved here uh, for our kids to start school. We specifically chose Wiley ISD for where we wanted our kids to go to school. Um, they went kindergarten and both graduated from high school here and now one is uh, in college and one is uh, graduated with their master's as well. So we've been here for a long time, seeing all the growth that has occurred in Wiley in the school district. So, um, so yeah, we've been here for quite some time. What's uh, what's one of the biggest changes over the last twenty years um, that you've seen? How busy five forty four has become. Yeah, <laughs> that road used to be. I remember going out to eat one day and looking and seeing all of the traffic and going what happened? Where did all these people come from? <laughs> so, and that was probably about 15 years ago. It's just, it has <laughs> and so it's only, <laughs> it's only gotten busier and busier. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so where were you at before you, uh, came to Wiley? Um, I, my husband and I farmed and ranched out in West Texas. Um, we lived in a little town called Colorado city. Um, and I was the executive director of the, um, economic development, um, office out there. Oh, okay. So you had nonprofit experience before, uh, yeah. before this. Yes. Yeah. Um, cause I think your, your journey to, I guess, nonprofit to teacher to nonprofit, I definitely want to get into that at some point. <laughs> uh, but first I want, so you, you were a farmer and rancher out in, uh, West Texas. I'd like for you to tell everybody about your, uh, your cat sighting, uh, story. (laughs) Um, yeah. So shortly after we moved out there, um, I was a city girl and I married a country boy and, um, we lived on about 350 acres. And one morning I took our little puppy out for a run, uh, down to the Creek and then back. And on on my way back to the house, I see this large animal with a big head and long tail. And I was like, that is not a bobcat. Um, And my brain was trying to process what I was seeing. And I realized that is a mountain lion. And I grabbed my little puppy and ran as fast as I could back into the house. And I called my husband and I said, I just saw a mountain lion. And he was like, I'm sure it wasn't a mountain lion. I'm sure it was like a bobcat. And I was like, no, it wasn't. And, but we agreed to disagree. And then the next day, the game warden uh, called and said, hey, I just want to let you know that we spotted a mountain lion on your property. <laughs> so that's my uh, the big cat story that I have. <laughs> yeah. So I've got two follow up questions. One, is that the fastest you've ever run in your life? <laughs> Most likely, yes. <laughs> and then two, how long did you hold that over your husband's head that you were right and he was wrong on yeah, to being this day. a mountain lion? Oh, okay, good. To this day. <laughs> That's a good story. To, uh, City girl knows what her yeah. creatures are out there. <laughs> do, you, do you have any like mountain lion trinkets laying around the house just as a mental <laughs> reminder of like, hey, you know, this is remember that one time? <laughs> I should. That I would should. be a really that'd be really good. So if anybody wants to get Wendy a gift, uh, a <laughs> little little mountain lion 
would be <laughs> not a not a real one, just a, a one. like a stuffed one or a little <laughs> ornament or something would be would be good. Um, so so obviously, what made you move here was the schools and getting the kids through school, which have now happened and they're fully launched, huh? They are. Yes. Thank God. How, how's that? I'm on the very opposite end of that. You are. You've got. I have a one and a three year old, so we also moved here for for school reasons and yeah. uh, to be a part of a larger community that we uh, wanted our kids to grow up in. So, what's it like being on the other end? It's amazing. It felt like it, it took forever to get here, but it also feels like it happened in the blink of an eye. So yeah. it's kind of a weird uh, phenomenon. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's exciting to see how successful uh, my kids are doing, how well prepared they were from living in this community and um, having the support of this community. And they're off doing great things. So we're really proud of them. Awesome. Um, so what what have you loved most about living in this area over the past 20 years? Hmm. Well, it's been really fun to see the growth. Um, I am, well, I guess I would have to say the school, the school district is really what I love the most. In fact, when my kids were little and they were going to school here, um, I was actually, I did marketing for uh, another nonprofit company and I realized uh, my kids were so well loved in this district that I wanted to be a part of it. And so um, when my youngest was in the fourth grade, I decided, I think I want to go do that. And so I um, applied for a job at uh, Cooper Junior High and I stayed there for 10 years, taught for nine of those years, um, and then moved over to the foundation to kind of continue that passion of uh, supporting our educators and helping our students um, in the school district. So I think, you know, just love this district and how, uh, what an impact it made on my family. And I see the the positive impact it makes on all of our community. It's it's a great place to be. So how did you choose uh, junior high uh, in terms of get? <laughs> I just remember how much I hated my my myself and just how much anger and angst there was. So I just feel like there's it takes a very special person to teach junior high. So anybody I meet who teaches junior high, I'm very curious why. <laughs> well, junior high kids are actually they're so much fun and they're so funny. You can joke around with them and they get your jokes and that's awesome. But honestly, I was a little uh, terrified of the little ones because you've got to wipe noses and do all those things. And I was like, I don't know that I have the capacity to do that. And the older ones are taller and bigger than me. And I was like, junior high, I can handle that. So that's kind of how I landed on that, on that age. Really well thought out on my part, but it yeah. exactly so where I should have been. So, so you're more afraid of the the runny noses and and tall kids versus yeah. uh, kids who haven't quite learned what deodorant is. Yes, that's fixable. <laughs> yeah, I I believe uh, I had a teacher once who went around with like uh, Febreze and would Febreze kids. Did you ever have to do that? Oh yeah, I had Febreze. I also kept deodorant in my classroom too because you yeah. know sometimes they. They needed it. The little sprays. Do you need this? Go take it. <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a camp counselor for several summers when I was uh, in high school and college. And one summer, I was assistant director, and I had to pull one of the counselors aside and give him the old deodorant talk of, <laughs> "Hey, we sweat a lot out here, and whatever you're using isn't cutting it. So right. let's go learn about like antiperspirant and some more hardcore stuff because uh, we're outside all the time and." <laughs> 
people are talking. <laughs> it's I don't an want important conversation. Yeah. They need to know it. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to do it in, in public. Uh, but if you have any friends out there that need the deodorant talk, pull them aside and gently lay it on them because they will thank you later, hopefully. Yes, I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah. It's funny the runny noses uh, ran you off of little ones. The um, My wife's currently, oh. she she was uh, a teacher uh, as well. She's currently teaching preschools though. So she's not even dealing with runny noses. She's dealing with poopy diapers. And yeah. um, this year, I think she's working with babies. So like six month to 12 month olds. And Aww. so that's a very different role than even like <laughs> three-year-olds. So, so yeah. So you became a teacher, uh, you worked at, uh, nonprofits as well. So, um, I guess walk us through the whole journey of becoming executive director of the foundation. So um, I was part of the districts of Wiley ISD's leadership program. Um, it's a class that you can sign up for. It's a year long program. Um, and after completing that, I um, was given the opportunity to start working on my master's degree in educational leadership. Um, and I was uh, selected for that program. There were six of us in my cohort that went through um, Wiley does a great job of, of providing opportunities for um, people to continue their education. And um, so I was a- lucky enough to be able to uh, work on my master's degree. And I just graduated um, this past month. Um, I know with my master's um, in educational leadership. And um, the path for that um, can be a variety of ways, but really with the intention of possibly becoming um, an assistant principal and then um, and then a principal. Uh, but as I was going through that program, the foundation job came open and my principal at the time uh, came up to me and he was like, hey, listen, this job just came open and you have to apply for it. Like it is it is you. It is what you need to do. It's your path. And I was like, no, you're crazy. I'm going to do this principal thing. That's my path. But then the next day it was one of our ice days, um, the notorious frozen over days. And I decided I don't have anything else to do today. I guess I'll apply for that job. And here I am today. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you applied out of boredom because it was uh, <laughs> it was a frozen landscape outside. You couldn't do anything else. Might as well right. apply for jobs. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Well, I think you do. You are uniquely qualified for that position as you were a classroom teacher for nine years. You did have nonprofit background. Uh, which is really important when running a nonprofit because it's just very different than than uh, you know a for profit business. Um, right. There's a lot more dynamics of volunteers and um, don- donor you know relations and donations and all sorts of fun uh, you know logistical hurdles to jump over and stuff. And you knew some of that, and then also knew the classroom. Um, now you had, you had previously won a, uh, I don't know if win is win the right word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, a foundation grant grant. Yes. We're going yeah. to grant, right. That is um, uh, so, so you had had, uh, intimate interactions with the foundation prior to taking the role. Could you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, so um, I was in in the years that I taught, um, I taught our intervention uh, students, and then I also taught gifted and talented. 
and our intervention students, I realized um, I taught reading and uh, I realized those students, when we would do our independent reading, probably weren't really reading. They were just more staring at a book because you couldn't have a conversation about the what they were reading. They couldn't they wouldn't tell you what was going on in the story because they just weren't reading it. But I did notice when we went would go to the library, they would pick up the graphic novels and they loved those. And I started thinking, goodness, I, I bet there is a connection to um, seeing the pictures and seeing the words and, and being able to build your vocabulary and build your understanding of what they're reading. Um, and I did some research and found out, lo and behold, that is true. There's research that backs that that's a great way to develop your reading skills and your vocabulary. And um, so I decided what a uh, it, those books were so popular that they were hard to come by in the library. So why don't I develop my own library, my own classroom um, with the graphic novels? And um, and so I wrote a grant to buy some to supply for my students in the classroom. And the thing that happened that was so impressive was those kids would read those books cover to cover. They could tell you everything that was going on in the story. They understood the characters. They understood the plot. Um, it was just a really exciting way to see them get involved in books that before it seemed intimidating because it was only words um, and chapters and lots of words. Um, but having the the pictures there connected to the words helped them connect to what was going on in the story. Um, so that was really exciting. But what I also found was that my uh, gifted and talented students loved the books just as much. Um, and so it was great for all of my students and um, everybody was really enjoying those. So that was um, that was the grant that I wrote. And I was it really made such a huge impact on the reading ability for my students in my classroom. And I that, I just love that. Yeah. I mean, they they say readers are leaders, right? Yeah, um, they are. I I personally hated reading um all through school. I think it was partially like, you know, you're forced to read these books that you don't choose and some sort of like rebellion of like, oh, I hate this uh book and <laughs> I don't want to read this and I'm and I think partially for me I was just really slow at it. Um so I just always like avoided it and mm -hmm did everything, you know, did all the workarounds, you know, back in when I was in school, we didn't have AI. We, we did have spark notes though. So we, you know, yes. go, go look at spark notes, cliff notes, those sorts of things and try and get the gist, you mm -hmm. know, try and work around reading. Um, but you know, now, uh, in my late twenties, I decided I'm going to try and read more, uh, because one, I just, I'm an accountant, so I would have to read like contracts every once in a while. And I was just so slow at it and be like, okay, well, if I read books, maybe I'll get better at reading contracts. Not exactly the same. Uh, mm -hmm. Contracts are still really boring, uh, just <laughs> just so you know. Um, but now I really love reading and I mm -hmm. find it to be uh, maybe the biggest catalyst in my life in terms of like growth and like unlocking a... Uh, different level i don't know if that's the right term but i'm gonna go with it a different level of life in terms of like i you know i started reading and then this piece i started okay i want to get better at fitness so i started reading mm -hmm. about fitness and then i got better at fitness and then i wanted to get better with money and i got better at money and you know you can find a book about anything now and right. it's just like it really unlocked everything uh for me I started, I'm, I was looking at my Goodreads challenges because I have a Goodreads account. Yes. And so in 2017, I set the goal of reading 12 books and I read 12. 
um, 2019. I don't know why I didn't do 2018. I skipped a year. Apparently (laughs) 2019, I set a goal of 13 books and I read 23. And then 2020, I set a goal of 26 and I read 35, 21, I read 35. And then last year I read 53. That's amazing. Yeah. You're reading Mm -hmm. over a book a week. That's awesome. Yeah. And then this year (laughs) I have less emphasized the number uh, Mm -hmm. because I found myself avoiding longer books. Oh, sure. Um, cause I was like, well, that's going to take forever. Um, so this year I'm only at 32, which is still <laughs> a lot. Um, but there's some long ones in there too. So, um, I, but reading, I think is so important. So anything we can do to have people enjoy reading in a way that's not like, Hey, you, you right. need to read because it's important to you. Well, why? Because it is. Um, that's just never going to work. So when you can make it fun with graphic novels or some other way, find a way to connect it with people. I think that's such an important skill. So I agree. I'm really passionate about, uh, and that's one of the things I was really passionate about wanting to make sure my students found like the right genre, uh, that would encourage them to pick up a book and read. Um, if you don't like a book, it's okay to put it down. You don't have to continue reading it. I would give them permission to stop reading that book and go find another one that was intriguing to them. So I think it's, um, you know, it, that's really kind of the thing you've got to get them. You've got to get people hooked. And then once you get hooked into reading, then you realize, oh, wow, just like you said, I can read about all kinds of things to make me a more well-rounded person or learn about different cultures or different areas of the world or any, all kinds of things. So reading just opens your world up dramatically. So Mm -hmm. are you reading anything right now that you are enjoying? Um, I'm reading the road by Cormac McCarthy and I don't know, I don't know if I'm enjoying it. Um, I kind of dread reading it. It's interesting. Um, and it's been good, but also like, I am a big scaredy cat. Um, and you know, it's a post-apocalyptic father and son. Um, so this is probably a book that's hitting me harder now that I am a dad and maybe it wouldn't yeah. have hit me as hard if before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also typically read my fiction at night, which this is not the best. <laughs> giving you bad dreams right before you go to bed book. <laughs> um, so I don't know if I enjoy it or not, but I am reading it. So yeah. I'm working my way through that. I typically have two books going at the same time. I usually do a nonfiction, which I do in the morning. That's more like, I want to learn something. And I try and do like 10 pages a day. So okay. that one I'm reading, uh, quiet by Susan Cain. Okay. Um, the, the subtitle of that it's about introverts. Um, quiet, which you the are power not of introverts in a world that can't stop talking, which is funny. Cause we're literally talking right talking. now, but, um, <laughs> It was actually recommended to me by the former uh, executive director of the Wiley ISD Foundation, um, who is not an introvert either. Um, But she told me it just is really good. And it's like just one of those like, you know, being well-rounded and getting a perspective that you don't normally see. Um, And as an extrovert, getting a glimpse through the eyes of an introvert and what they're up against, so to speak. Um, and how the world is somewhat tailored to charismatic extroverts um, mm-hmm. has been really interesting. Um, and then also, I just recently went to New York. So I just, books I just finished, um, I went to the US Open. So I finished uh, Open by Ag- uh, Andre Agassi. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I listened to that on tape. That was really good. And then I also went to Hamilton. So I uh, listened to Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow, the book that Lin-Manuel Miranda read uh, and based the play off of. That is very cool. Yeah. I will say just like reading, I felt like teaching um, helped expose me to a variety of different things that if I had just stayed in my little nonprofit bubble that I was in prior, mm-hmm. I would have never experienced the really cool different types of people that we have in our community and the different cultures. And um, mm-hmm. so uh, just like reading, I felt I feel like teaching it exposes you to a lot of different things. Um, because they're all in your classroom and it's just such a cool thing to get to know about other people, learn about other cultures, um, see how other people live their lives, um, and just learn from all of our experiences, our shared experiences together. So that's Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And it really humanized. I feel like anything like that, like going to another culture or, you know, being in a place that you're not necessarily comfortable being in and whatnot. Like, I feel like it really humanizes problem, you know, some of the problems that you're like, Oh, that that's a problem in the world, but it's not here. And you're like, Oh wait, actually it is. I just don't see it in my, Mm -hmm. my bubble. I I joke with people that I'm self-employed as an accountant. Um, I have an office space uh, that I come to every day. But if I'm not deliberate, I can go without seeing people all day other than my family. Right. And so it would be really easy for me to uh, be in my bubble and not understand what's going on in the outside world. Um, but I don't want to do that. I want to make sure I interact with people and and be involved in different things and community activities and things like that to, you know, yeah. pour hey, into can people. We go back- to yeah. something that you said a minute ago. I'm sorry. I just like hit me. You have a regimented schedule of when, when you read what you read your uh-huh. nonfiction in the morning and uh-huh. your fiction at night. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so yeah. So typically my typical day, uh, most of the time I make it to the gym. I'll walk on the treadmill for about 20 minutes while I read on my Kindle. Okay. Um, and then I'll work out after that. And then in the evening, my wind down time, if I get off my, if I get off from, you know, messing around with my phone, um, mm-hmm. I'll read before I go to bed. And usually that's, okay. usually that's a more fun book, but the road's not fun. So, um, yeah. so usually it's, you know, more fiction, you know, stuff that's, um, less like gonna, well, typically it's less gonna spark my brain to like stay up too long and really think through right. like, you know, you can't read a bunch of like, plan out your life books uh right, right. before uh going to sleep so <laughs> right so that's yeah a really so, good point. so yeah but I, I like that you're branching into a variety of different genres too I, mm-hmm. I feel like that was something as a reading teacher I always needed to expose myself to other genres than what I would typically pick for myself and mm-hmm. quite frankly I realized that I love science fiction and who would have I would have never categorized me as a science fiction lover of uh but I but I do now because yeah, of all the books I read. <laughs> a really great resource for this, um, mm-hmm. that exact problem of like getting out. And for me, like I just started reading a few years ago and, you know, I've made a point to try and read more fiction. Um, mm-hmm. I started mostly in nonfiction and I feel like a lot of people go the other way around. But I was just trying to see like, okay, I don't even know what I like. So mm-hmm. how do I, there's so many books. How do you pick? 
Um, so uh, through the Wiley Library, they have a read more challenge. Yes. Um, and it's a list of 20 books, book categories, and they have a list for each one. If you don't know a book in that category, they have a list for each one that you can choose from, but mm -hmm. it gives you all these different book categories to choose from. So the, the road I'm reading right now is a Pulitzer prize winner. And one of the categories is Pulitzer prizes, read a book that has won the Pulitzer prize. So okay. I'm reading it partially to check that box, but also, yeah. you know, it was, uh, uh, you know, a book I was interested in reading because it's the same author who wrote um, No Country for Old Men, which I haven't read the book, but I watched the movie. So, right. um, uh, and so that has definitely taken me out of my comfort zone a lot in books. And it just gives you, I like having some direction, uh, but also the freedom to choose as well. And I feel like that this list kind of hits the sweet spot of like giving me a book so I can pick my own book, but if you have suggestions, uh, if I can't find one necessarily, right. like one of them's, uh, read a book with that features a cat on the cover. <laughs> None of the books I've read had a cat on the cover. So I needed to look at the list, uh, see, <laughs> to see, and they'll break it down. Like this one's a romance. This one's a mystery. This one's a science fiction or whatever on each list. And that's, mm -hmm. that's been nice. Um, so and I got my read more shirt for 2022. And I think that's the t-shirt I'm most proud of. That's uh, awesome. Because it took me <laughs> many, 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 many hours to get that shirt. <laughs> I earned it. You did. I will wear it with pride. <laughs> so are you reading anything right now? Um, yeah. So the book, I'm actually rereading a book right now, um, Atom Atomic Habits. It's a um, wonderful one. It is. So I James decided Clear this yes this week that i i wanted to reread that book i felt like um i listened to it the first time and mm -hmm. sometimes when i'm listening to a book i get distracted and mm -hmm. realize i just missed a whole chapter and didn't know what they talked about so yeah um so i picked that one back up and i'm reading it this time so yeah do you reread a lot of books or uh, well now that i'm not teaching uh no <laughs> I, don't. I generally you're not reading read the same book every single year Yes. <laughs> I could quote you ver verbatim the outsiders every uh every chapter, but the Soches. <laughs> I read that in seventh grade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, generally uh I I don't like to repeat books. I don't like to repeat movies either. So I guess yeah. I'm consistent in that. So since we're talking books, I'm wondering, is there any um quote unquote classics that you just don't understand why they are classics like how have they had such good staying power <laughs> well i thought i thought that question was going to go another way and i was going to be like oh to kill a mockingbird is one of my all-time favorites so that is wonderful <laughs> i understand why that one has had staying power um gosh i guess i can't think of anything off the top of my head on that one how about you um so Last year, I started reading a few classics because I was like, hey, maybe those books that they were told me to read in high school, maybe they were actually good and I just uh -huh. didn't want to listen. Um, so I read Animal Farm. That was, I thought that was pretty decent. I still don't think 17 year old me really understood the whole communism angle <laughs> to <laughs> Animal Farm, even <laughs> after being explained to, you know, like, oh, this is actually an 
you know, about communism. And you're like, okay, what? Like, I don't really, okay. Um, so I thought that was good through my adult eyes. Um, the great Gatsby, I was like, I, I, I don't know why that's been so beloved. Yeah. Um, I read Alice in Wonderland and that was very strange. So now um, you're, you have me rethinking, like, do I need to go back and reread some of these? Because I was a lot younger when I read them. So mm-hmm. was I just like enamored with how they were kind of popular and maybe I didn't understand them to the depths that as an adult me would. And maybe, so maybe know, there's value in rereading them. Year old me is just looking to be entertained and I'm not <laughs> all that entertained by glitzy parties and, uh, you know, a stalker like obsession yeah. about a woman who lives <laughs> across the lake. Um, maybe that speaks more to the high school age range. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I just didn't there. I read Scott a few Fitzgerald of them. Was like, not speaking to you. <laughs> what? I don't get it, but okay. <laughs> you know, cause you're just like, why were these books picked that are read in a lot of high schools and uh-huh. stuff? And I just, there was a few that I just wasn't, I just didn't get it. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I guess I haven't any. thought about it really from that perspective. I'm going to have to, you, I, you're, I'm going to have a long weekend of rethinking all of my book choices. There you go. And then I need to go reread. <laughs> Kill a Mockingbird, still good though. Yes. I, it is. I, I read that within the last couple of years and it was, it was, I really enjoyed that book. Yes. Um, I agree. Are, are there any other, are the like not book wise, but are there any, uh, do you have any hot sports opinions uh, in terms of, TV shows or movies that are generally beloved that you're like, eh, not that great. Um, well, I never, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. Uh-huh. Um, but there was, uh, what was the one where, uh, like a crock pot caused a fire and people died from it. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? The, this is us. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never watched it. I have no idea what that. I, I just know that there was a big controversy about crockpots for a while, and people like to cry while watching that show. And I, um, I've never watched it. No, no desire to watch it. I don't want to. No. I don't like to cry. I, I cry easily, so I don't <laughs> want to cry. <laughs> yeah, I try and find. I find myself, like I said, I'm a big scaredy cat, so I tend to find myself more towards like comedies and things that right. are generally happy um and not too intense but you know um my wife watched this is us but i did not um so i caught glimpses when it was on in the living room or whatever but not really uh wasn't really my kind of show yeah anyways back to the foundation right (laughs) (laughs) after we took a huge detour but that's okay um so tell us a little more about the foundation what the foundation does um and what you got going on there. Okay. So the foundation, uh, we're starting our, uh, November will be our 21st year that we're entering um, as a foundation. Um, when you think about most of the uh, schools within Wiley ISD that have, uh, that are named, you know, the namesakes, um, those are the individuals who helped create the education foundation. Um, they got together and said, you know what, we want to make sure that we're supporting our teachers and providing them with all the resources that they need. And while our district does an amazing job of doing that and supporting them, every year classroom teachers have different kids coming in their class 
and they need specific things to help best support those specific students. And so that's really why the uh, foundation was created, was to support our teachers to help um, them enhance education for all Wiley ISD kids. And then we later added scholarships for seniors as well. And so our goal is just to provide those resources that the students and the teachers need so that they can get the best well-rounded education in our school district. Um, one of the things that we've also started this year is um, a supply closet for teachers. Um, probably many people are aware of this, but teachers spend a lot of their own money um, on supplies for their classroom. And uh, we uh, just wanted to try to take a little bit of that burden off of our teachers and provide them with some of the basic things that they need. So we did a survey of our teachers to find out what are those supplies you need. Um, and so they've asked for like Kleenex and paper towels. Those are the top two things that teachers in the district Those need. evil runny noses, they're gonna get you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, so, um, and so we're in the process of um, uh, purchasing those items, working with the school district uh, to help get those out to our teachers. Um, but other things that they need, like um, pe extra pencils, you know, as a teacher, you want to make sure that your students have the resources they need to do the work in your classroom, and you don't want to have any hindrances. And so oftentimes a kid gets to your class at seventh period, the end of the day, and they don't have a pencil. They might have had the one in the morning. pencil troll took it. Yes. Pencils disappear. I don't know where they go. I don't either. <laughs> if someone finds that treasure trove one day, <laughs> they disappear. They do, for sure. And so, you know, we just want to make sure that um, teachers have those extra pencils in their classroom that they can provide for their students, because we all want to make sure that every kid has the opportunity to be successful every day. And so it's just those kind of things, those little things, but they add up to a lot. Um, and so we're working really hard to make sure that um, that we get those basic supplies in their hands so that they can um, be successful uh, in the classroom. So that's really, in a nutshell, the district is all about just supporting our, our teachers and our students so that they can have the most successful uh, year in school that they can possibly have. Awesome. Well, you've been you've been at the helm for about a year now, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. So what is what has been your biggest uh, lesson learned over the past year? Oh, wow. Um, well, I will say people just um, are amazing. We live in an amazing community. I already knew that, but um, leaving the classroom and going more to, uh, while I still work for the school district, um, being out in the community um, in a different role uh, just makes me realize how many people in this community really value education and value the special thing that we have going on in Wiley. This is a very unique um, and special place, and I'm so grateful to be here. And I think there are so many in this community who feel the same way and are just really proud of our school district, proud of our teachers, and they want to jump in and help and support. I'm, so I guess that's the biggest thing I've learned is just asking people to help um, because they want to. They want to see their kids succeed. They want to see teachers do well. Um, and so it's just been a lot of fun to see um, that how many yeses we get when we ask people, will you help support us in this? Will you provide a donation? Will you join us in uh, fundraising for this? We just get so many yeses, yeses, and I'm so grateful for every single one of them. Mm -hmm. So if somebody were listening to this and does want to ask you, hey, how can I help? Uh, what are some of the ways that uh, somebody from the community or a Leadership Wiley class could help the foundation? 
Right. Uh, great question. So we did just, as I said, started the supply closet, delivering the supplies to the campuses. That's a huge way that people can help. Um, but they can support by donating supplies, um, donating to the foundation itself, um, or uh, participating in our big fundraiser for the for the year, which is uh, Boots and Barbecue. Um, and that's in March of 2024. Uh, where we'll have that. So there's a lot of ways that people can participate. If they have, um, if they want to contribute uh, like a pass-through grant or pass-through scholarship, they can do that, but they can also create an endowment, which is a lasting uh, donation that gives every year. Um, And those endowments, a minimum is $10,000. And um, every year in perpetuity, those will give back $500. So it's, um, those are really important and they really do help build our community and build our ability to give back to our teachers. Um, This year, we're planning on giving $125,000 $125,000 in, in uh, grants to our teachers, and we'll give probably about $75,000 um, in scholarships. We're hoping that that will increase with more pass-throughs, but um, but that's kind of our target this year. So lots of opportunities for people to give a one-time donation, or they can create one that's a, a long-lasting one uh, through an endowment. That's awesome. And I know I know one of your biggest donors is your teachers, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, which I think I think that's always an important thing to uh to bring up because I think when it shows that the teachers themselves are giving to this cause to help each other. Right. Um I think it's one that if you're a community member that's not a teacher or not married to a teacher or you know is just have somebody in the schools um or not if you're just in the community I think it's important to know that they're trying to support themselves. And so we should help support them in any way we can too, as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they see the value of that, of what they're, what we're doing here, it goes back in their classrooms. And so, um, yeah, I agree with you that they're seeing that value and wanting to participate. So it's fun, but that also is one of the things that makes Wiley such a special place Mm -hmm. is that we support each other and help one another. Yeah. And I would love it if one day that that wasn't one of your largest donors and that the community, like they they stay given a lot, but the community right. came in and gave even more. That would be amazing. That really would be. We would, we, And we welcome ideas and suggestions of um, people who, you know, want to support us. And so if they've got ideas on how we can do, you know, a better community contribution campaign. We're all for that. Yeah. But yeah, the supply closet, that definitely hits home because when my wife was in the classroom, like, you know, the, I'm the one, I'm the accountant. So of course I'm the one (laughs) filing the taxes and there's always the educator expenses and you only get $250, which I like, that doesn't even get you anything now. Uh, So it's, uh, you know, just teachers are spending much more than $250 on their classrooms every year. They are. Especially those teachers who go all out on decorating their classrooms. They're spending <laughs> way more than $250. For sure. I can tell you that for sure. Um, so uh, yeah, any way we can do, we can do to give back and help these teachers so they don't have to use out of their own pocket as much would be right. nice. So I agree. Um, what is there been anything in the role uh, as executive director that's been harder than you anticipated when you, uh, applied for the job on that snowy, snowy day? <laughs> um, well, the thing that I was apprehensive about was uh, just Boots and Barbecue, the gala. Mm-hmm. is uh, That's a giant event. A it is. And um, that was intimidating. And um, 
I was uh, quite frankly, very scared uh, about putting that on. But we had an amazing uh, team of people from throughout the community who supported us and put in and making that the most successful gala we've ever had. Um, so that was just that was amazing. Um, it was kind of cool to see how something that even though it was scary and I felt like I don't know how we're going to do this. But as a as a group, as a community, we came together and and we did bigger and better than we'd ever done. So that was exciting. Yeah. As somebody who was at Boots and Barbecue, <laughs> it was wonderful. And we very much enjoyed that night. It was also, I also came a little bit late that night because Arkansas, the, where I went to school, <laughs> was playing Kansas and they beat them in, the, in the, and uh, I was walking around with a little extra swagger that night. Um, <laughs> I can't, can't lie. There was, <laughs> there was uh, quite, the celebration in my household um my three-year-old was quite confused so but he was loving it so well yeah. as a family that loves sports i, I will support you in that you were yeah. you're allowed to be late to something because you're watching your favorite team yeah it was <laughs> it was a good night all around <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about leadership wiley um, okay so we were both in class 19 um I know why I joined and I I can get into that a little bit, but I want to know why you joined Leadership Wiley. Um, the big reason I joined was uh, starting this new role um, at work. So a, a year ago, I was brand new into this position. And while I've been in this community for, like I said, almost 20 years now, um, for the most of that, most of that time, I've been in the classroom. And so my exposure to people was more through their through their kids. Um, and I realized I needed to start making connections um, in a different way. And so joining Leadership Wiley gave me some really great opportunities to get to know people um, who have leadership roles within the community and those wanting to kind of step up and take on some new new roles. Uh, but it also gave me a much better understanding of just kind of how this community works um, and the amazing things that are going on in this community. Um, so going and visiting some of the other nonprofits was just really enlightening and seeing how they operate was just really motivating to me. So I just wanted to, I wanted to get to know more of those leaders who are helping run this community. And that really opened up some doors for me and made some really good friends along the way. Yeah. I know for me, like, this is where I plan on raising my kids. And so I feel like I should know a little bit more about where I'm raising my kids and right. really get plugged into the community and make friends. And um, I, I've joked with my wife that um, I would love it if like when I go into anywhere in Wiley, if I know at least one person, I think that would right. be a really cool existence of like, oh, hey, like, you know, just like, uh, kind of like Norm and Cheers, like, oh, Norm. <laughs> um, but just like anywhere in Wiley. Right. Is, so that'd, be, that'd be fun. That'd be a fun existence is just always seeing people, you know, and catching up and uh, just being a uh, part of the community. Um, and I felt like I got it. So, and uh, we're back for more. We are. Um, I'm so excited. So so what, what made you want to come back as a liaison for class 20? Um, well, a couple of my friends had been liaisons and just said it was really impactful. Um, you, going through Leadership Wiley, you learn a lot about yourself and um, kind of more about the community, um, but just the different perspective as being a liaison and getting to see others go through the uh, the program and making connections with the next group ahead of uh, or after you. 
Um, so they just kind of encouraged me to step up and take on that role this time as well. So I was excited to do so. Yeah. For me, it was partially like I was looking around the group and I'm like, well, I'm self-employed. I can, I have flexibility. I can, I can make another year work of, you know, taking a day off, uh, to do leadership Wiley. Um, but also just, again, connecting with more people and, you know, understanding more people who are involved in the, who want to be involved in the community. And, um, that was important to me. Um, and, uh, and just getting to know even more people and, and, uh, can't, you know, this is, this is where I live. So that's what I want to be a part of it. Steven, we just did a, we're doing a, um, a welcome to Wiley event for Wiley ISD. Those people who are brand new to the district, like they just moved Mm -hmm. here or they have kids for the first time entering our school system. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, did our cutoff dates from April to um, the first week of school. Mm-hmm. And that's a thousand people. Wow. That we're, that, so, the, every, I mean, this community continues to grow and change. And so I think there's lots of, um, I think it's really important that we continue to stay engaged and, For sure. and developing those relationships and connections because it's an ever changing um, uh, world out there. And we've got to mm-hmm. make sure that we're, we're meeting all those new people that are coming in. Yeah. Well, like I moved from Carrollton and not a knock on Carrollton. It's more a knock on past me. Um, But like, (laughs) I didn't know my neighbors there. I didn't really know anybody in the neighborhood. I wasn't an active in the community. I didn't really do anything. Uh Um, You know, I went to work, um, which wasn't there. um, And that was about it. Um, So when we moved here, I mean, I think having kids really helps in terms of like motivating me to be connected more oh sure Um, but um but even without the kids i think i'd still want to be more connected and just like now we know our neighbors and we they all have kids too and they go play you know our kids play together and like so i've tried both of them and i know which one i think is a lot more fun and enjoyable and like you feel like you're actually live at home and not just like uh you know just a place where you sleep you know it's like a it's a community and right i agree I think there's there's been studies that like loneliness is more dangerous for you in your heart than smoking like like 19 cigarettes a day or something some some wow. outrageous number mm-hmm. um so just like being involved in the community or having a good group of friends and stuff is super important and uh i wanted to make sure that i have an opportunity to do so so yeah so what was your favorite part? So going back to last year, what was your, did you have a favorite day? Well, they were all really engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like uh, I learned so much, but I th- I think one of my, my favorite day was when we went with the economic development office and did a tour of Wiley and kind of learned where all the things that were coming up, all the new businesses that were going to be joining this community um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. That was day. the but, one day I missed and that's why I'm a liaison is so I can go. Do uh, that yeah. Day. Well, we got free popcorn that day too. Um, <laughs> I need to get with Treff and see if we can so, yes. <laughs> get that hooked up again. <laughs> so what was your favorite day? Um, the day I learned the most was definitely Simsock. I won't go into yes. that because I'm not allowed to. Right. 
because the first rule of SimSock is you don't talk about yeah, SimSock. Yeah. Second rule of SimSock, don't talk about SimSock. Anyways, <laughs> that was the most enlightening day. It really was. I I agree with you on that for sure. Um, the my favorite day. I mean, the opening day is always interesting just because you get like you're kind of all strangers and you get to know people. Um, the trip to Austin was also cool because, you know, we're in, when you're in the class, it's fast and furious. You're learning a ton. And um, in Austin, like I traveled down with one of our fellow classmates and like we got to talk for three hours and that was I learned a lot more about him than I would have if we just had gone through the class together and right. like anytime you can spend uh quality time uh with a group of people you learn so much about them and I think uh so Austin was cool just one because you know the scale is you know session was in and so that was mm -hmm. kind of cool to see all that going on and what all goes into all that is in state government um but also just the bonding experiences of traveling with people a group of people i think is also fun right. um but yeah i i i liked all of the weeks there wasn't a week that i'm like uh i don't know if we need to do that one again next year um right. but i think the ones where we can make connections within the class uh were probably my favorites right, the jail right. was really interesting too yeah, it really was. Um very very interesting. Um, yeah. Glad we got to visit. Now I can say I've been to jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um so what are you most looking forward to with being a liaison? Um I think there's a lot of value in just being a support system for people and um helping make connections and I I think observing kind of what we went through watching other people go through it. I think, I, I think that I'm going to learn even more this round than I did last round. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to really that making those connections and um, helping this next group, this next batch of people kind of uh, learn more about themselves and, the, and their own community and find ways to help them um, take on or find opportunities to become leaders within the community or to donate their time and, and um and help support those who are in need. I think that was one of the really cool things I thought my takeaways was was the number of opportunities that we have in this community to give back. Mm -hmm. Um and I think that's I think that's something that a leader does is they give back. They find ways to contribute back to the community that's supporting them. For sure. Yeah. I think for me it'll be interesting because I've I find myself typically somehow gravitating to the vocal leader role often yeah i i don't even do it on purpose sometimes i do but sometimes i don't and i still end up there somehow i don't know um <laughs> so i think this will be interesting because i want i'm going to you know make the concert like being a liaison is you're somewhat in the back like making sure other people are contributing and and a part of the program and like i think that's good practice for me to like be the listener and mm -hmm. you know understand what's going on and take the slow path um you know there's probably going to be times where we need to jump in to 
spark conversation or something or you know whatever um but uh really just trying to engage in a different way um than i'm typically used to uh i think will be exciting and a fun fun experience yeah i was super grateful for our um our liaisons marianne and lynn did an amazing Mm -hmm. job um i felt like they helped support us when we had questions or needed information they were there so it, it, I think it's just, there's a lot of value in making sure people understand what's going on and, mm-hmm. um, or at least, and if nothing else, just have a person to rely on when you don't know what to do or how to go yeah. about something to have that contact. So I'm excited to kind of, um, get to bridge that gap of, uh, to the next group. Yeah, me too. I, I do, do like me some, uh, communication. <laughs> well, um, I've got four final questions and some of these we've already answered, but I'm going to ask them again anyways. Do it. Um, See if I give you the same answer. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The first one is just a fun one. What have you been watching or reading lately? Um, And it doesn't, it it doesn't, if you, we already talked about Atomic Habits. So if, if you just have a general recommendation of book or something you've watched lately that's fine too uh well one of my all-time favorite authors is donald miller mm-hmm. um i love everything that he has written um and i uh, am currently watching justified on tv okay. the justified primeval i think is what mm-hmm. it is um and so that one's good i it's it's been entertaining so it's interesting that you really like a show that's a mashup of uh country and city uh <laughs> kind of uh shades back to you being the city girl and your husband <laughs> being the country boy exactly <laughs> um what would your be uh what would your advice be to someone new to town um my advice would be find ways to get involved um search out people ask the questions, um, go visit. If you're, if you've got kids in school, go visit the schools. Um, if you, um, you know, find a a church or an organization that kind of meets your needs, visit the chamber of commerce, uh, learn more about the businesses and the community and ways that we can support one another, read the newspapers, always gold in that newspaper. So, um, I just, you know, find ways to get connected and plugged in. I think um, during COVID, we found ways to, we disconnected in so many ways and we're still kind of recovering from um, getting back and connecting to to humans. And I think that's, um, that's what makes a community such a wonderful place is when people feel connected, um, invited and welcomed. And so, um, but it takes everybody working together to make that happen. So, um, so come on out and figure out ways to get involved. Yeah. In a world that's never been more connected, we're never been more disconnected as well. Really? That's so true. (laughs) Which is, it's funny because we're doing this over zoom. So, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you know, technology and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a hundred percent like we're connected, but like, but really not think really. about the last time you had a deep conversation with someone and it's probably been a while. Yeah, for sure. Until this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, what can I or someone else uh, who wants to do to help you right now? Um, help me at work. It's up to your interpretation. So work. <laughs> I'll say at work. Yeah. Um, I would just say, I think the most important thing is um, support our teachers. 
um, help them feel loved and appreciated. Uh, they do um, an amazing job. We have so many amazing teachers in this district, and this is a um, we are so fortunate. Um, but they they need our support. They need to know that we love them and that we appreciate what they're doing to help really raise up the next generation in our community, right? Because um, these are the people who will be taking on the leadership roles a decade or two from now. And so um, they're doing an amazing job. So, you know, buy them a Starbucks, get them gift cards, drop off supply items at my office and I'll get it to the teachers. So I just think there's, um, that's really the thing. That's my passion is really just supporting teacher teachers and making sure they feel well-loved and respected. Awesome. And if someone wants to learn more about you and the foundation, where would they go to do so? Uh, they can go to the website. So we are part of the WileyISD.net um, website and they can just type in foundation um, and uh, they'll find us right there. And um, they can give, us, give me a call, uh, 972-429-3025. I'll be happy to chat with them about all the great things happening here um, in Wiley ISD and at the Education Foundation. Awesome. Well, I know you're not going to be, unfortunately, you're not going to be at the first uh, meeting this time. I'm not. But I'm you have a great excuse. The best. <laughs> uh, your daughter's getting married. So yeah. we'll let you, you know, go do that um, <laughs> instead of having fun with us. But yeah, um, but we'll we'll see you on the next one. Um okay. Yeah, I'll be in Nashville um, yeah. doing all the fun wedding stuff with my daughter. Yes. So that's <laughs> that's a good excuse. So we'll we'll excuse it's valid. it. I guess. Yeah, it's valid. It's my um, one excused absence from yes. leadership whitely. Yeah, there you go. Uh any final words before we uh end here? Um I just uh I'm so excited about what we're doing in leadership whitely and ways for people to get plugged in. Um, so if people uh, want to know more about it, they just need to contact the Chamber of Commerce and learn more about how they can get involved. Um, and I'm excited to get to work with you, Stephen. Um, I think you're an awesome person, and I'm so grateful that you're part of this community. Um, and I think uh, I think we're going to have a great time with all of our all 20 of our people in our yes, leadership. 20 leaders. for 20. Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm very excited, too. Um, yeah, we'll I'm. I somewhat know what to expect because we went through it, but then also like, I just don't, it's not going to be the exact same. So I don't know what to yeah. expect and that's exciting. And I'm excited to see it through the eyes of new participants and from a different angle. So right. um, uh, support our teachers uh, and I don't really have an ender for this. So this is all an experiment again. Uh, <laughs> so that's it. Thanks folks. <laughs> Bye Wendy. Thanks for letting me be a part of this, Stephen. I appreciate uh -huh. it. Bye. Bye.